The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, December 20th, 2023, season 19, episode number 92. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Today we start getting you ready for Cowboys versus Dolphins. That's happening this Sunday at 325, I think is the kick. That's it. In Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we'll get into this Miami offense and how it matches up versus this Dallas defense and whether we can expect a little different outcome as far as how the defense plays this week versus last week. Um, Got a good shot. I want to start first, though. Uh, Patrick's not with us today. Yeah. He usually gives us this, but Brian, I'm sure you have this information as well. I want to start with some injuries and just kind of where we're – like set the table for where we are with the injuries. I want to start first with Zach Martin because he left the game. Uh, noticeable absence for the Cowboys, yeah. obviously. Uh, but what what are we hearing about his injury and, and what kind of time he may or may not miss? Well, the thing that you always worry about, because last week we talked about what Hooker's situation, and they felt good about Hooker all the way up until game time, and then it was – well, that the the ankle didn't respond fully like we thought it would. So, all the things you're hearing about Zach Martin are positive. We've also, uh, you know, on, on 105.3 The Fan, we have the Zach Martin show uh, every Thursday at five, and you know, you try and ask him questions. He's usually forthright. Oh yeah, I'm playing and all that, and then we get to the game, and then Christy Scales tells us, oh, he's inactive today. So. Everything is positive from that uh, standpoint. We'll see the practice designations and all that. These are these things with, you know, with Jerry Jones was on with us at 105.3, the fan talking about the, you know, what you deal with the the stiffness and the blood and the, you know, the bruise and all those things that you have to. But all the indications were that he is getting better every day. Now, let's see if that translates into Zach Martin playing against the Miami Dolphins. I feel by... Uh, by Friday, you should have a pretty good understanding of really where he's at. What do we know about at this point? Obviously, Malik Hooker was one, as you mentioned. Yeah. They thought they thought that was that one. What are we hearing now? Yeah, that that's that that one seems to be going in the right direction as well. Uh, you know, they last Thursday, I was told I'm like I asked, well, hey, what what's your concern level of Hooker? And I, and I got the should be good to go. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I think it happened we were, very last minute. I so you we would all, expect his yeah, good this I, weekend. That's that's the thing that bothers me. And I asked, was there a setback? And they said, no, there wasn't a setback. So evidently, it didn't respond how they thought it would respond. And so uh, I felt like you know that they missed him in that game the other day. Nothing against uh, Wanye Thomas, but there were some coverage things that they had. Uh, not that they had to try and, you know, that the Buffalo threw the ball a bunch, but there were some things that they had to do with him not being on the field to to kind of combat that. So uh, that that's uh, – but all indications that he will be available this week. All right. Um, Hankins. What's the, what's yeah, the it deal was that, that one was I heard a couple of games. Yeah. So I don't – So it's the, the anticipation yeah, is he's I, not going to be I don't anticipate him playing this week, no. Man, how much, how much did they I miss? I thought last time I heard it was it, – his return would have been closer to like the playoffs. Well, they, they initially what I was hearing, I, I asked the question: Are we looking at a couple of games here? 
and that was before the Buffalo game. So my anticipation was, or my expectations were, he was going to miss Buffalo and Miami, and then we'll see what happens with Detroit. Yeah, I don't think it was any guarantee. I mean, a high ankle sprain sometimes yeah. can take six weeks. For right? a guy that size, too, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, you know, that was. I think it's even optimistic yeah. when you start talking about playoffs, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. just, you just never know how that's going to work out. How much did they really miss? Like, let's start with Hooker. How much did they miss Hooker this week? Well, they did. You know, it, it's with Wanye. There's, there's, Buffalo didn't throw the ball, but right. but there's things you have to play around when you don't have your starting safety in, uh, and so that this that going into the game of okay, how are we going to deal with their passing attack? Again, it didn't really matter, you know. But just having him back there, having that veteran player back there uh you know with some of the routes that they did run uh you know it it kind of was it, it was a little bit of a you know when you have a starter out of the game now you're playing Wanye in there okay now maybe you have a plan for Wanye and some other things and so you can't do that because he's having to start the game so when you take starters out people don't realize the the backups that go in have other roles that they have to play in the scheme and i think that hurt them a little bit in that game Let's talk about uh, Justin Houston. He's a linebacker that got released yeah. by Carolina. Uh, I know I meant, saw on, on Twitter that you you watched a little film on him. I did. Him. I watched him yesterday. Could he fit any role for the Cowboys well, you at know, this point? He, he plays as a 3-4 outside right. linebacker. So it's a little different than yeah, middle he, linebacker, he's, off-ball he's linebacker. He's very much like a when we start to talk about 3-4, it's a stand-up position. Yep. He'll occasionally put his hand down. Uh, he is uh, – when you when – you, there were times uh, he hasn't played since the – uh, the Houston game, which is in week nine. So I was watching tape from week one through week nine and getting ideas. He doesn't have the juice he once had. Mm. He doesn't take on blocks like he once did when he was in Kansas City. He, you know, they, they were running the ball at him, and then you know, they were able to push him aside, ball going up inside on him. So as a pass rusher, you know, that, that was kind of his calling card. And I didn't see that that normal that you know when you start to talk about a guy like okay what's his calling card that's his ability to rush the passer I, there were times where he was getting single blocked quite a bit in these games and I, I just don't see Dallas going that route. All right, let's uh, we're going to take a, a quick early break uh, and then we're going to come back. We'll dive into the Miami offense and uh, and how they match up with this Cowboys defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. 
Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Sean Polite is your 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year, and now he needs your help. Vote for Sean to be given the ultimate title of NFL Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, by casting your vote at NFL.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the start of the day, we're talking Cowboys versus Dolphins. Let's dive right into this matchup, talking specifically about the Miami offense. Uh, before that, though, presented by Blockchain.com. All right, here we go. Um, let's talk about Tyreek Hill because I think for me, looking at this team, he's you everything know, well, starts well, in. Well, you want to know where this game's really going to hinge? Where is that? It's on the offensive line. Okay, go there first. All right, tell me about the offensive <laughs> line. It, it's going yeah. <laughs> to. Told you. He did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and I, and I want to say this because it, it's this is where you can win this football game, okay. and it and it's going to affect how Hill and Moster and other these guys get opportunities in this game. Tua throwing the ball. This group is really banged up along the front, mm-hmm. and you watch them play. And it was so clear watching them play the Jets, even though they win the game 30 to nothing and all that. You know, the skill on the outside, great for the Dolphins. Quarterback playing at a very high level. They are masking a lot of problems they're having with this offensive line right now. And I, I just feel like, I just feel like that with all the moving parts that they have, Dallas has got to take advantage of this. You got to take advantage of it in the running game, and then you also have to take, excuse me, take advantage of it when they throw the football, because that's where the Dolphins could lose this football game, in my opinion. Yet we, you could talk about Hill and Waddle and you know and Smite the tight end. Too. You could talk about all these guys, but if they can't handle you up front. That is going to be a problem for them. And I feel like Dallas has the advantage here. I really, really do. And I watch the Dolphins play. They've got a couple. Uh, uh, Liam Eichenberg is the is taken over. For, Connor Williams blew out his knee. So now they've got a center who's kind of banged up toe. They weren't practicing him last week. You watch him play. He struggles with any kind of movement. He struggles to kind of get to the second level. He struggles to take guys one-on-one. He struggles with guys that blitz on him. So they're using backup guys uh, for here. Kendall Lamb is playing for uh, for Jackson at tackle. Robert Jones has been out. Uh, uh, so uh, Robert Jones has been in for Hunt 
They've, they, Robert Hunt has been out. They've lost him. They've got all these problems right now they're dealing with. And what they're off, what they're, what uh, Mike McDaniel is having to do is he is trying to, looks like we've seen with Dan Quinn when he's dealing to try and stop the or stop running game. Mike McDaniel is trying now. It's the, and when you hear me say this, everybody freaks out. It's the pin and pull stuff because they can't block. <laughs> they can't block anybody one on one. Yeah. They can't physically come off the ball and get in and push you like so they have to down block they have to pull guys they have to trap guys they have to you're going to see some of the weirdest formations to run the football uh, that you've ever seen in an NFL game you know you can see multiple a fullback a tight end a back a quarterback all in the backfield together you're going to see uh two backs a tight end move you're going to see they have to do things in order to run the ball now they got quality backs but they have to do it because their offensive line can't hold up right now with the way it is. They just can't come off and blow somebody off the ball. And and it struggles, and they struggle a little bit with protection, too. Tennessee got after them. The pre- Tennessee had five sacks in the game. A couple of the sacks were because of Tua fumbled the ball. The thing with Tua is he's not going to run away from you. He's not going to scramble away from you. So if you get pressure on him, you know you close on him, he's likely going to go down. So that's the thing for Dallas. But you clearly watched the film against the Jets. It's the quickest they've got the ball out all, all year long. And I have a feeling it's going to be the same game plan this week against the Cowboys. I think they're going to be scared like we can't get in a mode here where we let the Cowboys rush. Okay, now it turns into a running game. Can the Dolphins block you with this current configuration of their offensive line? That's going to be their their issues in this game. Well, we that, that's going to be the problem. We've seen matchups where teams have had some success with quick passing games. Right. Is that something that Dallas – what can Dallas do to offset that knowing coming in this game that's probably what they're going to you want to do? You just got to know it, – it, to me, I am not – I you know, I'm going to, I'm going to – I'm going to take I'm going to take the quick death here is what I'm going to, I'm not going to take slow death. I'm not going to back up and let these, you know, these receivers can run. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to play these guys at press coverage though. I'm going to make them try and win off the line, which, you know, you probably could but but Tua wants to get rid. I mean, he wants it maybe it's not going to go with the quick game. It goes to uh, smite the tight end. It goes to one of these backs. You know, maybe you keep it away because that's what the Jets were able to do. Yeah, they hit on a deep ball down the field. It was off a of play action. They got the protection. The ball went way down the field. But overall, though, I mean, the Jets were getting pressure on him. You know, and so the, the, I think with the quick game, it might mean, okay, they, they, they're going to throw the ball. Maybe it goes more to the backs, I could say, more to the tight ends. Maybe they try and get the receivers going uh, in some of the inside breaking routes and things like that. They're a huge run after catch team. Yeah, that's their that's their game. Like fifty, like fifty four, fifty five percent of their offense are run after catch is what that is. But what you have to do though is I think you have to disrupt their routes at the line. Don't give them the free access. If you're going to die, die a quick death. Don't die a slow death. You know, by playing off and just letting them hit balls all day on you. Real quick, going back to the O line and the issues that you yeah. mentioned. For how long? Like, how long has it been of them dealing with these? They've dealt issues? with it the last several weeks. The last three games, they've had some problems with this line. It's now to the point where it's like critical for them. I think this is. I I, I just feel like the Dallas has an advantage against this offensive line. 
with the, with their personnel against this offensive line. Can Dallas take advantage of that? That's going to be the biggest. That's going to be the key in this football game. It, we we could talk about Hill and Waddle and all and all these other guys, but but if if Miami is able with this offensive line with banged up as it is blocks the Cowboys front, Dallas deserves to lose this football game. Dallas's off defensive line is better than what this what this Miami this current Miami offensive line is configured right now. When you look at this offense from the standpoint of their skill positions, yeah. we talked about it a little bit. Tyree I cut Hill. you off on that one. No, no, no. That, and that's actually great, great. Uh, it actually leads into where I'm going with yeah. this. Tyreek Hill, I could see a situation where Dallas may go in this game and say, okay, cool, let's press. Yeah. What I worry about is even if they don't press, what we've seen from this the, these cornerbacks sometimes is they can get duped yeah. and, and the double move can get them. Right. And if they get time, you're not going to – if he's even with you, He's going to leave you. Right. Like, he's got right. that kind of speed. How do you offset the speed of Tyreek Hill? Whatever football god you pray to. <laughs> Start praying now? Well, pray pray to this, that, you know, he's banged up. I mean, that, that yeah. ankle is a significant injury for him. That's a high ankle sprain that he's having to deal with right now. And that's something that, you know, I mean, I, I'd say he's limited. This guy, okay, I'm, I'm not – it's not government secrets or anything. This is one of the most dynamic weapons in the National Football League. Yep. We all have seen this guy puts fear in the hearts of defensive backs by the way he plays. You're terrified. You know, they get what they call three by one. They get trips. They get one. They, you know, they put him in that bunch. They don't let you double him. He moves around. He catches balls underneath. He goes down the field. You know, he's going to go all over the field to catch the football. So you have to be ready for that. If you're going to travel with him, you have to be ready for that. He is going to line up all the place. You try and double him, you know. You try and, and this is where you need like guys like Hooker and others to maybe to be able to bracket guys like this, you know. But I'm not giving these guys free access. I, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm. I'm going to try and disrupt him at the line of scrimmage. I'm going to try and bang him around. And if Tua wants to get the ball out, then throw it into some in, throw it into some uh, uh, con- contested coverage. I'm, I'm not giving Tua any because Tua is already ac- accurate enough throwing the football. He is. He's underneath at the line of scrimmage. He's almost perfect. When it's down the field, though, that's when it's a little bit of a problem for him. You know, down the field, like he's, uh, I was looking at just some of the metrics on him interceptions, left hash, six. You know, down the field, there's some problems down there. He's not as accurate with some of his throws. So I'm trying to make this as much of a contested game because if they're going to throw quick, you might as well be in the receiver's face and make them have to make them have to fight for the ball. As good as their offense has been, there have been some games this year where teams have limited them. Yeah. They remind me a little bit of the Cowboys. It's kind of feast or famine. Yeah. Like they can really blow you up. Yep. They put up seventy on on Denver, but they also had two games where they they were under two hundred yards passing, yeah. both at Philadelphia and at Kansas City. Yeah. What did those teams do? Philadelphia. Philadelphia did a great job of when the ball was out, they tackled great in that game. Philadelphia, I mean, they, they didn't allow any type of run after catch. It was throw, guy in play. And it seemed like that every time that that Philadelphia, excuse me, that Miami ran motion and then were trying to, and they have a design, motion and then throw the ball, there was somebody in a Kelly Green jersey standing right there. there. Just yeah. waiting there. Yeah. I mean, they were disciplined. I mean, we, we've seen Philadelphia just completely fall apart in the secondary. They were outstanding in this game when it came to their coverage and then playing assignments and when when receivers came into their area. But then again, the Philadelphia pass rush affected Miami. You know, Tua goes back. He's he's feeling he's feeling he's feeling he's trying to get rid of the ball. 
but then you got the secondary, you got coverage down there. That, that's the teams have been able to play with some discipline. You can't. I get it. You're scared of these receivers. They're, they're they are they're scary men when the way they play for a defensive back. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you what though, this offensive line they're having to mask things to get offense because they're not good enough right now. When you mentioned that they uh, they do a lot of pin and pulls and that yeah. kind of stuff, how much does the speed of their running backs? We talk a lot about the speed of, of Hill, yeah. but, man, they got some runners in the backfield yeah. with Mostert and with Achan. Yeah. How much does that present a problem, especially in a situation where it's because the of the pin and pull kind yeah. of things, like yeah. the, those, all you need is a quick hit, and if you got a quick back, you can actually right. exploit that. That's the thing about it, and the Jets did a pretty good job of this, though. When the ball was going to the inside, they – the, the Jets were the Dolphins weren't doing anything. Everything was let's try and, and if it's a you know they get what they call pistol formation where they stand directly behind yeah. behind and he turns and hands the ball and then they try and get to the outside or they'll go they'll send misdirection they'll send the line one way back will counter step and then they come back the other and just toss in the outside they'll crack on the outside. That's where that's where I mean to me this is where you have to win you have to win on the edge you cannot let smite the tight end pin you inside you can't let Cedric Wilson pin you inside you got to know they're going to want to run the ball you see a tight split and it's Cedric Wilson number 11 you're thinking he's about to crack my ass mm-hmm. you know so I got to be ready for this I got to be able and see that's what happened to Micah Parsons the other day he got cracked he tried to spin out of it, but it's too late. Ball's already so you have to play with some awareness in this game. You know, you can't. You, you know, as and Tank's really good at this too. He understands like, okay, that guy right there is going to is going to block down on me, and they're going to pull this guy. I can read his stance right now. Mm-hmm. Dallas has got to play with some anticipation in this game, especially the way the Dolphins run the football. When you look at a guy like Cook, obviously, I don't, I don't personally think he has more skill than these backs yeah. uh, that you're playing this weekend. What would give you reason to believe that Dallas can actually match up with this running game better than what they did against Cook? Yeah, I just, I just, I, I go back to the offensive line. I, you have got to win. It, when you it, Dallas got penetration in a lot in, in, in several of the snaps against Buffalo. Yeah, the ball just bounced on him. You know, you have got to play with some discipline in this game. If you're if you're a backside defender and you're chasing the ball down inside and it bounces around the corner and all of a sudden it's a, a ten yard gain because you didn't play assignment, that's that's on the defense because you're winning on the front side, but on the back side you're not doing your job. So I I I, I would say that that Dan Quinn this week of practice a lot of that. Hey, let's not let what the thing with the Dolphins, Buffalo will bounce the ball. The Dolphins are a attack, attack, and then or throw or get the ball to the outside. So you're naturally going to see it's not a lot of bouncing going on. It's a lot of, all right, we're determined that we're going to go outside. And they have to do that because their line can't hold up in the running game if they have to play toe-to-toe with somebody. I want to take you back to that offensive line. Where is the biggest point of failure for that offensive line that maybe Dallas can explain? Yeah, they, they, they gotta, they've got to work on the center, though. They've absolutely – I talk about Eichenberg, the center. Mm-hmm. He, he's a backup. And the thing – we all know Connor Williams. Connor Williams was a really good athlete. Yep. So Connor Williams has got a little bit of that uh, – of, the, of uh, uh, the Jason Kelsey – uh, kind of that that kind of you know uh, the play with him with the ability to pull and do all, well he's out he's gone so now they're 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 in a situation where they don't have a second level blocker mm-hmm. he's he can't get up on and he can't sustain and I also think Lamb the right tackle Kendall Lamb those were two areas right there where I kind of saw a guy 
you know, center can't get in there and the right tackle given ground. You know, Tank needs to like needs to drive because two is going to stand there. Mm-hmm. Two is going to try and, and you know he's going to try and left hand make that throw and you know that's that's affecting him from that backside there. Yeah. So if your right tackle's poor, that's that's where Micah and 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 Lawrence and these guys they need to work that, but they also need to work the middle because if you can if you get Tua to get that where he just stands there. You can get him on the ground. He is not going to run away from you like the quarterbacks that you've played the last couple of weeks. All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We'll do some player evaluations. I'm going to throw out some names to you guys, some particular defensive players for the Cowboys. And I want to get your thoughts not only on how they played last week, but how they're performing and what you think uh, their role may be going into this next game. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change, a proud partner of the Cowboys. is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to the break. All 
Vote for the 2023 Bob Lilly Award, honoring Cowboys legend Bob Lilly. This award showcases the highest level of achievement, sportsmanship, dedication, and leadership. Vote for the current Dallas Cowboy who you think exemplifies these traits. Now at DallasCowboys.com slash Bob Lilly Award. That is a big-time award. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to do a little player evaluation. I got some names I'm going to throw at you, and I want you guys to tell me what you think of their play uh, maybe last weekend we can talk a little bit about it from that game, but also just in general, where are they and what you expect from them, I guess, into this game and in the coming games uh, down the stretch. Let's start with Mozzie Smith. You know, this one is a um, – because I, I am a fan of Mozzie Smith, and I'm a fan of Mozzie Smith because I don't see a bad football player. And I know people – that, uh, you know, the fan base, I get it. You know, you're expecting more from Mozzie Smith. You see what Carter's doing in Philadelphia. He's a first-round pick. Uh, there's a lot, you know, where the Cowboys are struggling with run defense, and all of a sudden Mozzie Smith is supposed to be a run defender, and he's not helping the situation. I wish I had the opportunity to sit down, and I tweeted this last night. I wish I had the opportunity to sit down with fans and watch the All-22 of Mozzie Smith play, just so you get a little bit better of appreciation. Is Mozzie Smith perfect? No. He's absolutely not. It's been well documented. We talk about it, whether it's on this platform or on 105.3 The Fan on those shows. When Mozzie Smith is laid off the ball, he's a terrible football player. He's laid off the ball. That's a problem. And that happens not all the time. But there were times in the Buffalo game that he was actually, when you watched him play and the way he was able to get rid of guys and, and get and, and, and force the ball to bounce and stuff, it was because of Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith played better in that game than Oso Diggy Zua. Played better. I mean, you played better than, than than Carl Davis, who was in there, a veteran player. You know, there were guys at defensive tackle that didn't play very well. Mozzie Smith, did he play great? No, absolutely not. And I'm not sitting here defending. And it sounds like I'm defending Mozzie Smith, but I think that if people sat down and watched him play, snap after snap after snap after snap, you would have a different appreciation for him, or you would say, okay, I see some of those things why they drafted him. And I, I, I'm, I'm not defending him, and I'm not defending the scouting staff for picking him, but, but there are times when this guy does exactly what he's supposed to do. And I don't think people see that all the time, and, they, and it's low-hanging fruit to me. And I, trust me, I've dealt with all of you on Twitter. I've dealt with you. You know, you can come after me, <laughs> at Brian Broadus. I know you will because you always do, you know. But I challenge you to get that all 22 and sit down. You don't have to be a former scout to figure this out. Go watch him play. There are things about him that you see that he's better than the guy playing next to him in those games. So that's that's my two cents about Mozzie Smith. Is he is he is he is he the is he a perfect player right now? Absolutely not. But he is not the bust that everybody thinks he is. I think um, it is fair. Like we do get frustrated at times because we have set our own expectations of him, and sometimes and that is quote-unquote, to be expected when you draft a first-round pick. You expect them to be the guy right away, step on that field, and and not have any issues, be impactful. And the reality is not everyone can do that. We see how big of a change there is between year one and year two with these guys, their bodies, um, how much they learn, how much they change throughout. And to be fair, he wasn't drafted to be the main guy just yet they had they had signed Jonathan Hankins back on the team and Mozzie I think he's shown he started to show so so improvement like Brian said he's not perfect 
and I don't think he's going to be for what's left of the season, but I do believe that he's going to be so much better next year. He's going to he he's going to grow from this and be a better player and become hopefully the type of player that the Cowboys drafted him to be. But right now, I get it fans get mad, but it's it, it's early. It's early to say or call him a bust because you can't just call someone a bust on year 1. Yeah. Well, that's but that's the that's the world we live in. Yes. And I, and, yeah, listen, hey, I I get it, fans. I, I I totally I I understand where you're coming from. You're frustrated. Your your team got gashed bad, and you're thinking, well, why do you draft a guy? He's yeah. supposed to be a run defender. I, I could deal with him not getting sacks, but but look where the ball was run. Mm-hmm. The ball wasn't. If you if you if you look at the metrics, the ball. We, I said it to you, left outside, ten carries, eighty two yards. Yeah. That's that's not at Mozzie Smith, yeah. you know. Maybe a little bit of that with Mozzie Smith and those guys at the tackles, but Mozzie Smith was not the problem in that game the other day. You had a, it was there was a he was part of he, was he the main problem? No, was he part of the problem? Sure. If you want to put it on, if you want to put it on the defense for how they played, yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this question because I, I've heard a couple people mention this, and I think it's at least a fair thought, right? Yeah, is. Do you put blame on the defensive tackles and Mozzie being a part yeah. of that more from a standpoint that you know when you have these safeties playing down in the box, yeah. they cannot handle a 300-pounder that right. gets onto them? Are the tackles not doing enough to keep those linebackers free so they can flow to the ball and maybe that would stop some of those outside runs? I think the fact is that it, you talk about keeping free. Free is about your ability to go run, and you know, and and so what happens is you get linebackers or these safeties that are playing linebacker. Maybe they need to flow a little faster. Mm. I mean, when you're not, when you're a is safety, that about recognition? Yes, you're okay. down there playing safety or safety, and you're playing linebacker. There's different sight lines that you have. Why well, guys like Sean Lee, Leighton Vanderesh, those guys? You know why? They anticipated plays. They saw what the guy that can anticipate plays and sometimes is too aggressive is Donovan Wilson. You put Donovan Wilson down there. Sometimes he he's overly aggressive running to the football. Yeah. So sometimes you know if you hesitate, if you hesitate even a, even a, a split second playing linebacker, they're going to find a way to block you. No matter who gets who, who how you're holding up, guys. It's not all combination blocks getting to the second level. It, it that's not you now. You know when you play as a when you play as a one technique. You know, you're sitting there holding blocks, but you play as the three. You're trying to kind of get up the field. You're not holding blocks because they can. The, the guard can. The guard can take you, and then you know the backside center can get up. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of different things. It's not all about just holding up blocks inside. It's about anticipation and seeing where the ball's going and getting to the ball. And they've had problems with that. With these with these safeties playing as linebackers, it's tough for them. Asking a lot for them to do in that situation. Talk to me about Damone Clark. He's he has not done as well as I thought he was going to do. I thought that I I, I think last year Damone Clark for him to come off the injury that he did and play the way that he did and, and come back with Leighton Vanderesh he was clearly a better player when he you know when he when he had with without Leighton Vanderesh uh, it's I think it's been a struggle for him. I think he doesn't see the I don't think he always reads the play correctly. I don't think he reads the scheme in front of him correctly. I don't think he anticipates fast enough. He could be a guy that when he gets in space, he can make a tackle, he can be physical. 
But the problem is, though, he appears to play lost more than he does having the awareness of what he needs to do in the scheme. That 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 that's an issue. You could talk about holding up blocks all day, like I was talking about. But if you don't have the anticipation to read the play, to get downhill, to make the tackle, to knife through, to be that type of a football player, you're not going to win at that level. Yeah, he's such a talented player, but again, expectations. Our expectations were different in thinking that he could become a lead role. Um, Not everyone can be a Deron Bland. Not everyone can step into a higher role where you're asking more of them and be successful at it. Sometimes there are just leading roles and you're just part of the cast supporting everybody else. And I think the only thing that I'm going back to in justifying or giving them some grace is because of all the injuries that the defense has suffered. You talk about all the different things that you're having to ask all these other guys and having to make up for what's already missing on the field. And that's tough to do. So that's the only thing. But but absolutely, don't. we did have... Even going back to last year, him coming back so quickly from the injury, him playing the way that he was playing, I think it would be fair to say that right now we would be, or I was, expecting to see him shine better yeah. a lot more right now. I thought year two, I thought year two, they was going to take that jump, and, yeah. and it hasn't. He's actually, he's actually probably, in my mind, gone down a couple of yeah. notches from where he was playing. Is any of that about health? Is there is there any I, I, I don't I don't know okay. I, I mean I I to me when you watch him play he looks like a healthy player out yeah. there I just think I think there's some things that with instinct awareness understanding uh, sometimes at linebacker you have to be a good guesser sometimes you have to take a gamble that okay I'm going to shoot this gap and yep. it's going to work and I haven't seen any of that from him. And yeah, stuff, and I do remember. Like I, I think all of us were very excited about I was very the Cowboys ex- picking well, he's an him LSU up. Guy. Right. Right. And, but, yeah. but, we, but, but also yeah, yeah, watching was, him play as a higher in level. college, yeah. you're like, this guy is a playmaker. He can they make stole things one. happen. They yeah, stole that's one. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And, and you just haven't seen that happen seen yet. That, yeah. And uh, and I'm hopeful that that that's just a matter of he's got to get acclimated yeah. to the game. And it even goes back to the point you were making about being able to anticipate. It, it's hard to expect that Bell would have that linebacker anticipation and that eye that a linebacker has to have. When he's never played linebacker, he's but having even, to learn that. He could right? run. He could run. And the one thing that Bell will do is he, if he sees it, he will go. Yeah. And I think with Clark, Clark, there's that little bit of hesitation. You can't have that hesitation to play linebacker in this league. Yeah. I was gonna say, even with Layton, it took him about maybe two years because I know he had a great first year starting out, and then in the in between when Sean Lee came back and all that, he. Layton, he kind of lost that. And you watched his his game, and not to compare him to Sean Lee, but Sean Lee was great at it with just guessing and anticipating and going for it before, you know, just knowing where to go or guess where the play was going. And you saw that a lot in in Layton. So him lacking that kind of skill or trait, but then eventually he found it and he got better at it. Even when he was playing still, you saw him be such a much, like such a better player with in the maturity of it it's more of just the knowledge and being out there the amount of of snaps that you're out there the amount of time that you're out there it comes with the years and of experience and being a veteran all right i got three more names for you and i'm gonna take them all in one category mm-hmm. uh carl davis 
Oso Digizua, Neville Gallimore. I know you mentioned the tight and then the uh, defensive tackles. What were your thoughts on how they played in that game and where they can be better going into this next yeah, game? Yeah, the, the problem was I, I thought this was Oso's worst game by far. Uh, there was he he was not he he. He did where he usually is winning is off the off the line, and they were, they 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 handled him very well. The blocking schemes, the combination blocks, the single blocks, they handled him in this game. He got upfield a couple of times, went past the play, you know, and he wasn't able to redirect back to get a play. Carl Davis started off really poor in the game. Uh, matter of fact, the very one of the first plays he's in, he went to the ground. He got better the last, uh, say, three or four plays that he played in the game uh, that he had to go in there and play. There was a little bit better movement, a little bit better. You talk about taking on blocks. He was able to grab a couple of guys and kind of free some guys up running uh, to the ball. Gallimore had a tackle along the sidelines that I remember where he got to the outside and actually chased the play, but didn't play a whole heck of a lot. I just think overall the defensive tackle group as a, as a whole uh, was nowhere where it needed to be. They need to win inside this week with the configuration that the Dolphins have. If they don't, they're going to probably lose this football game. But they are capable of playing well against this, uh, this inside three for the Dolphins. Yeah, um, I mean, if you were to give so- – if you're going based off this game against Buffalo, there's nothing positive you can say because it was an absolute domination against them. So there's absolutely nothing that I can recall that was good. But um, Neville and Osa, they've shown that they can be really good, that they are talented players. Osa, I absolutely love the way he plays. And to me, I don't see that being kind of the standard of the pl- the level of play. Um, so... I don't know. I think that they're they're talented player. This was a bad game, and I yeah. hope they can bounce back. Yeah. Carl, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of him, and the the couple of plays that I did see where I was specifically just watching him, it didn't impress me. No. It just looked like someone that just kind of kind of knew to being out there yeah. on the field yeah. right there with everybody else. So. Let's give it some time and see what they've been working on this week and see how they can. He doesn't have the movement that Hankins has. Yeah. It's more of a stationary type of a player. You miss that with Hankins and his ability to play down the down the line. Davis doesn't give you that. Real quick before we end the show, Wanya Thomas, what do we see from him? He did have a more yeah. pronounced role this yeah, week. What do we see from him? I'll tell you what, what I was watching with him, though, uh, to me, there was a couple of times where the ball, uh, he was coming downhill, forced the ball out of bounds. I thought he was going to pl- be more of a physical player in this game. I think he was worried about, everybody was kind of worried about Buffalo and the potential of throwing the football, but then it turned into just a running game. I thought he needed to be more involved going downhill and making plays, and you know that that was just a kind of a, a little bit of a hit and miss thing for him. It wasn't that game where I thought he he's he could have shown up and been a big presence he it, it just didn't work out for him that way the one thing I like about him and I, I think and again I, w- I wouldn't be able to list everybody like the fastest player in the plays, whole list he plays but quick he is a fast guy and I yeah. think he can bring some of that speed that maybe sometimes you're lacking on on the secondary so that's one aspect of his game that I do like and I think um, he can find and take advantage of that part but yeah like you said brian he, there's still a lot of stuff that he he hasn't been out there that much so yeah. you can, you still you're seeing that happen and it's unfair to kind of 
mega criticize him yeah. when he hasn't given that been given that whole amount of chance just yet. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll wrap this thing up. I'm sorry, tomorrow. No, we'll get into the the Dolphins defense, defense versus yeah. the Cowboys offense. I'm thinking it's Friday already. It's Thursday. <laughs> I wish. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow for Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleson. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this?